Ramanujamagyanatimirandhasya gyananjana shalakaya chakshurunmilitam yena tasmai shri gurave namaha Question number one is written here. One and then two and there's nothing there. So I'll just deal with number one. Prabhupada gave us instructions to establish Manashram Dharma. Is it to bring karmis to our higher platform or is there a need for Manashram Dharma ourselves? Both. Both. Um, there, there's a series of conversations with Prabhupada specifically on this subject. And he said that the Vaishnavas will take various roles to teach others, to teach the people in general. They will, a Vaishnav may act as a Brahman, Kshatriya, Vaishnav or Shuri, but he's not. He's a Vaishnav. So then devotees were asking Prabhupada, well, is this to instruct the public? And Prabhupada said, no, it's also needed for ourselves. And he said, Prabhupada is instructing the Vaishnava is on the transcendental platform he may take the role of a, of any role Brahman, Kshatriya, Vaishnava, Shudra to, he may take that role to instruct others but actually the position of a Vaishnava is transcendental but then Prabhupada explained that we also need for ourselves because we are not actually transcendental and a devotee was was saying that yes, in the course of conversations, what he was saying was Prabhupada, yes, the Vaishnavas are transcendental, and Prabhupada, and why are they falling down if they're actually transcendental? So both, it's it's for ourselves and for others. Intrinsically, the position of a Vaishnava is transcendental. One who takes to Krishna consciousness, by doing so, he automatically steps onto the transcendental platform because Vaishnavism is on the transcendental platform. But he may have stepped onto it, but he's not very firmly situated there. So therefore, uh, the Varnashram organization is required for devotees also. to Not that it... Automatically, by taking the Krishna consciousness, one comes to the transcendental position, but to stabilize us in that position, we also need... It also helps us to have some fixed roles and functions. And it's, it's also a, a, a natural division of society that society is organized like that. So the, it just helps to us to be Krishna conscious to have this stable position if it's if it's clear who's doing what. On the other hand, one should never think of a Vaishnava as a Vaishnava jati buddhi. One should never think of a Vaishnava as, as his according to caste that according to this is his his caste or his his varna uh, designation is that that is his definitive role. We should never think that oh this is a Brahmin Brahmin Vaishnava, this is a Shudra Vaishnava. We shouldn't think like that because one who's serving the the endeavor to or the the motive to serve Krishna transcends one's uh, psychophysical condition and the occupation he may adopt due to his psychophysical condition that we should understand but at the same time a Vaishnava according to his psychophysical position it's better that one who's uh, who has the, the tendency 
to work in a particular way works in that particular way. That we see Arjuna, he's, comple- he's a completely on the transcendent platform, but but his nonetheless within transcendence there are varieties. So Arjun within transcendence his his uh, inclination was like that of a Kshatriya. So he, he was in, he was engaged like that, and Krishna told him that not to even think of taking up someone else's uh, role. That would not be good for him or for others. Swadharma nitanam shriya paradharma bhayabhat Krishna. This twice Krishna says this in Bhagavad Gita that if one follows one's swadharma or duties according to his uh, varna and ashram that will be shreya that will be beneficial in the long term but to adopt someone else's dharma which is not according to one's psychophysical position that, that will not be beneficial that will not help us in the long run now in our Krishna conscious movement we uh, in the, in the temples especially we engage people on what is actually the, the the totally transcendental or surrendered platform do the needful Prabhupada would say whatever is required to be done do it so that is usually the training in the beginning but after some time we find that it's um, in the beginning where we're trained in full surrender but then afterwards taking that attitude of full surrender it's better to be engaged in a manner which is suitable for a psychophysical, acquired psychophysical uh, needs. So we'll find that automatically after some time devotees gravitate to the kind of service that is uh, suitable for them or that they, they prefer to do, such as pujari or preacher or teacher, cook or whatever it may be. Now another thing that's happening is that uh, is that devotees, after living in the temple, or maybe they never live in a temple, they their 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 occupation is dictated by the need to get money to live in modern life. So they may not be doing what they like to do. Whereas one thing in traditional Varnashram culture is that everyone does what they like to do for Krishna. Whereas in modern life, you may be forced by by economic needs to do something that you don't really like to do and most people in the modern world are doing are doing things that they don't like to do which is it's very harmful for them even psychologically that they, they spend most of their time doing a job which if they had to choose they wouldn't do it so it, it's very harmful but devotees may also be forced to by by necessity by economic necessity to take up some occupation that they don't like. They'd rather do something else. So uh, again it comes back that Prabhupada was saying we, we should set up our own communities and then everyone can be engaged ac- according to their need and desire. Of course it's not that we always do whatever we like. It may be there may be some things that we, that we don't like to do even within even within the, uh, the our natural occupation just like Arjuna's natural occupation was a kshatriya but, and he was it wasn't that he didn't like to fight a kshatriya likes to fight and Arjuna had been in plenty of fights but this particular fight he didn't want to do but then Krishna said well that's your duty you have to do it anyway <laughs> dharma is it's quite a complex topic actually it's not a not a 
not such an easy thing to understand. Therefore, uh, what is dharma tattva? What is this topic of dharma? How to understand it? So, uh, Yudhishthira Maharaj, he he gave the how we can understand dharma, dharma tattva. He said that uh, the, the famous verse that tarko pratishta, tarko apratishta, shrutiyo vibhinna na sabrishya yasya matang nabinham dharmasya tatvang nihitam guhayam mahajano yenegata sapanta. That if we try to understand dharma simply by discussion, it it won't by debate it won't be established. Tarko apratishta. Shruti o and if we quote different shrutis or Vedic injunctions, we'll find that they they clash. <laughs> there are different Vedic injunctions, and then if we try to compare the opinions of different rishis, that will also cause confusion because different rishis say different things. So therefore, we have to find the self-realized person. And who, who, within his heart, the, the, the dharma tattva is established, and follow in the follow in the footsteps of self-realized person. The, dharma can actually be understood by someone who's fully Krishna conscious. That's the import of this verse. All right. Anything else? Sometimes great devotees say, I am fully surrendered to your lotus feet. But whenever I think I am completely, now I am completely surrendered, the tendency is that, that I come proud. How to solve this? But it probably means you are not fully surrendered. It's easy to say. It's easy to say, but it's uh, actually to, to be on that platform is something else. Anyone can say, I'm, I'm fully surrendered. Anyone can say, but to actually be, if we are fully surrendered, then... Uh, if we're actually on that platform, then all the the natural qualities of the soul, which are to be humble, not proud, to be uh, compassionate, all these qualities they naturally manifest along with full surrender. So, if one is actually fully surrendered, then these then he won't be proud. So it's not just a matter of saying it, it's a matter of actually cultivating anukulyasya, sankalpa, pratikulyasya, bhajan. What is surrender? The six factors of surrender. Performing everything favorable for advancement in Krishna consciousness. Avoiding or not avoiding, rejecting everything that is unfavorable. Pratikulyasya, varjanam, rakshishatiti vishvasa, having firm faith that Krishna is protecting me. Gotridvayvaranantata and uh, and that Krishna is maintaining me, not going to anyone else. Then Atmanik uh, Shapa, full surrender in in the, in the mind, body, and words, fully engaged in Krishna's service. Atmanik Shapa and Karpanya, one uh, one symptom of full surrender is full humility. So if you're feeling, oh, yeah, I, I'm fully surrendered, and then I'm, if you're proud, feeling like that, then that's not surrender. So it's not just saying, but we have to actually do. 
Prabhupada established the Sunday feast also known as a Sunday feast of love in English love feast this this term love feast was actually in the first feast it was introduced by Kirtanananda Swami no of uh, yeah his. so he suggested it be called a love feast because like the hippies it was introduced among the hippies and as we were, as I was saying yesterday I was giving some description of the the hippies concept of love so it appealed to the hippies and Prabhupada some devotees thought it sounded a little strange but Prabhupada approved okay call it a love feast nowadays we can see that some Sundays are charging tickets for the Sunday feast is it contrary with Prabhupada's concept about the Sunday feast there's no love in the marketplace there's a comment here uh, well Prabhupada also approved um, later on in Los Angeles when Tamal Krishna Das Adhikari at the time or Brahmacharya I'm not sure before he took sannyas he introduced a, a payment for the Sunday feast Prabhupada also approved of that because it was seen that some people were uh, we, we find generally at the Sunday feast all over the world that many people come just before prasadam is served and they only come to eat so Prabhupada approved that they pay something also and those who are interested in the hearing and chanting that goes along with the Sunday it's supposed to be a Sunday festival not just a feast they won't mind paying something and those who are just coming for eating they will mind but you know let them do some service by paying so there's no harm it's not mandatory but it, it can be can be also it's approved by Prabhupada many Iskand devotees even Prabhupada disciples are singing songs which are not sung by uh, previous acharyas is the song Radhe Radhe Govinda Govinda Radhe is it bona fide uh, it's Nam Kirtan so we can't say it's not bona fide but personally I'd rather do Nam Kirtan as, as given to us by our acharyas is singing Radhe Radhe okay well it depends who you are if you're uh, if you're qualified to sing only Radhe Radhe without Krishna I mean, it has to be on a very high platform it has to be on a very high platform to chant the name of Radha without chanting the name of Krishna so for us it's probably not okay Um, singing Radhe Radhe that means that uh, either one is on the platform of the uh, liberated souls who glorify Radharani even without Krishna they're, they're, or they're imagining themselves to be on that platform so like I say if you're on that platform it's alright if not it's, it's probably better to chant Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram 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 Hare Hare which is chanting the names of Radha and Krishna together there's one uh, this will come out in my book on Srila Bhaktis John Sarasvati where someone he visited the first center that Bhaktis John Sarasvati ever established before he took sannyas 
established one center in Calcutta. Um, and so one Kirtaniya king just visited and he started singing names of Radharani. But Siddhanta Saraswati, as he was known at the time, stopped him and gave a gave a uh, well he was actually mixing up he was saying Bhuvana Mohini Radha but he, but he was saying this is based on misunderstanding because Bhuvan, Bhuvana Mohini means Durga Devi so it's, he was saying it's, in, it's incorrect you don't know who is Radha and you're chanting the names and he gave a then he gave a whole lecture on how the Sahajiyas are uh, they're taking cheaply the name of Radharani without understanding who she is actually and also um, our own Srila Prabhupada he didn't he didn't promote that there's there's one uh, the ex Harikeshwami who was after all very uh, closely serving Srila Prabhupada for many years recounted one incident where in Vrindavan he stayed Prabhupada had him sing the Mongolarti in his in Prabhupada's room and at the end he started Harikesh started singing Jai Radhi and Prabhupada stopped him like he was actually quite angry at him singing Jai Radhi and he was saying this is in Vrindavan in the Brahma Mahurta with Prabhupada who's Radharani's intimate as devotee and he stopped him from singing. You don't sing that. Now that's interesting. Why should Prabhupada stop the singing of Jai Radha? Because Gauriya Vaishnavism is meant for serving Radha Krishna. And generally the, the Gauriya Vaishnava, who they sing Jai Radha. But Prabhupada didn't approve of that. It seems that Prabhupada wants us to have a very cautious approach. And as a matter of fact, Prabhupada didn't sing Jai anything. That was all introduced by others. We, we hear that Prabhupada chanted Hare Krishna and the songs of the Vaishnava Acharyas. But he didn't end kirtans with Jai, anyone or anything. <laughs> I have an essay on this. It's, I think it's quite widely circulated on kirtan standards. So all these things are discussed in there. Any more questions? Yeah, I guess you can do. When I when I criticize some GPC members not understanding Krishna consciousness, I guess I shouldn't do that. I'm going to get in more trouble. But what can I say? You know. Then Siddhanta Baliya Chittena Koroha Alosh Iha Hoite Krishna Lage Sudhira Manosh. One should not be lazy in the matter of understanding Siddhanta. In this way, one's mind can become firmly fixed in Krishna consciousness. It's a matter of Siddhanta. He doesn't know what the Siddhanta is. He, th- he thinks that, that uh, Vedic culture it's just a matter of choosing to wear a dhoti or wear jeans and it's all the same. He, he doesn't understand the, the deep significance of it all. It's, a, it's like the, the Karmis think, you know, that in the, in the Western countries the, the, the culture evolved in such a way and in India evolved such a way and it doesn't really matter what you wear. It's, it's all, it's just it evolved differently in different climates. 
But the point that I was making is that the Krishna conscious culture is not an evolved culture based on sense gratification, but it's that which is given by God Himself, and He Himself lives like this. So we are preparing ourselves to enter into Krishna Sangshakara. We just see. Enter, enter into the family of Krishna. So in Krishna's family, they dress in a certain way, and they eat in a certain way, and they talk in a certain way, and they interact with each other in a certain way, and that's Vaishnav culture. So, it's, it's not secondary. In the beginning, we may not emphasize, when people just first come, that... Uh, because it may be too much for them to to change one's whole cultural outlook is a very big thing. So it, it may be gradually introduced, and the, the main activities, chanting, taking prasad, they may come in the beginning. But uh, actually, Krishna consciousness, Vedic culture is ultimately is Krishna consciousness. So we, it's not that it's Krishna conscious. We don't need to practice Vedic culture and Krishna consciousness because they're inseparable. Krishna consciousness is Vedic culture. There may be Vedic culture without Krishna consciousness, but there's no Krishna consciousness without Vedic culture. <laughs> Vedic culture in its lower stage. I explain. I'm just saying, summarizing. Myself. Vedic culture in its or in the, the in its lower stages or in the in the Mayak phase or in the phase of Maya. It may be practiced without understanding why it should be practiced, which is, it's meant to be practiced for Krishna's pleasure. But by doing so, it 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 uh, prepares us for or pre- prepares one to accept Krishna consciousness. So one can come to Krishna consciousness without going through Vedic culture. But you but you can't actually become Krishna conscious unless you enter into Vedic culture, because Krishna consciousness is Vedic culture. Krishna in the spiritual world lives according to what we call Vedic culture. So it should be understood clearly that Vedic culture is that way of living which satisfies Krishna and he lives, he himself lives like that. So we can't separate Vedic culture from Krishna consciousness. It's, it's not possible. It's a misunderstanding. Because in the beginning stages you know, we, we don't stress wear dhoti and all this. And, and actually even in the advanced stage you can wear you can wear Pantan shirts and this and then for, for preaching you can do so but a devotee naturally just like Bhaktinoda Thakur again talking about those things which are in another song talking about that which is favorable for uh, devotional services is Gora Bhakta Priya Vesha Dadhamana Tilak Tulasi Mala Shobhamana he talks of uh, wearing that dress which is dear to the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and it's not Levi jeans. It's it's the dress which Prabhupada gave us and which he himself wore. So Gora Priyavesha Dadhamana. Dadhamana means I will not just wear but show it. Sh- showing it. And uh, and then Tilak Tulasimala Shobhamana and, and decorated, looking very nice with Tilak and Tulsimala. So it is Krishna consciousness. It's inseparable, and those who think that it's it's uh, optional, they they it's a, it's a serious misunderstanding, and it it goes very deeply because then they think that well the the, the cultural values that go along with with the Vedic culture and which come from Shastra, which comes from Krishna, they're they're optional. 
just like it said that well because in the modern world women's roles are different though so we should adopt to that but Prabhupada's idea was that we should actually if we're living in modern society it, it is like that because women's roles are equal to men's but Prabhupada was saying that this is the whole society is imbalanced and it's uh, the whole society is um, it's artificial so we can adopt those standards it, it may seem that it's easier to adopt those such standards in our society and it'll be it makes it easier to fit into modern life that's true but it makes it more difficult to be Krishna conscious <laughs> so again Prabhupada wanted to set up our own culture where these things would come naturally and and when you see and live in the, the, the culture where it goes naturally then then you won't think that it's, it's, it's oppressive to women or any such thing because it's it's a very natural and pleasing culture and although women's roles are in one way submissive it's uh, it, it, it again it's very natural for their psychophysical condition it's very natural for a woman's psychophysical condition to have babies which is which is not considered in modern life where they think that women should have careers their career is more important than the baby is just something which gets in the way and you get a few months off work and then you send the kid to the kindergarten and the baby is just an interference in the in the career because you have to become the prime minister or something or a or a jet pilot or something like this but this is it's uh, it's natural that women have babies so and babies need a lot of looking after otherwise they turn into the horrible monsters that that's like the normal citizen of the modern world so, so um, it's totally psychologically imbalanced and uh, and physically also very bad condition so it's natural that women have babies and they they look after them and they 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 invest a lot of time in that their, their life is centered around the home and then the, and uh, it's not that the women don't work and contribute to they also contribute to the economy just like at home in, in any traditional culture not only Vedic culture they'll they'll not only look after babies they'll do they'll contribute to the home economy which actually the money didn't figure in it money wasn't there but the things like helping with they'd have the kitchen garden and looking after the bees and and weaving and it's it's all part of economic development so it was it was a group effort and men and women they had different roles that's all so women were or not were but are required to be protected it's uh, so it's a very natural kind of thing but because we're brought up in this modern way of life we think that this modern the way modern society is set up that's normal but it's not it's abnormal and it produces abnormal people very strange people who, who you know they have very very bad habits so so many people they're, they're addicted to drugs and they, they have no they, they have they're very strange sexual proclivities and very bad sexual habits and they they can't live in a stable family life they're, they're so emotionally disturbed that they can't live in a, in a family life throughout their life so it's pretty the whole the whole society is so bad 
but, I, but somehow or other because we're brought up in the western world and we think this is normal and we should adjust Krishna consciousness to it but, it, but we end up with uh, a bunch of normally abnormal people what is considered normal is, is just, very, just very strange and it's very difficult to be Krishna conscious when the mind is totally disturbed so the whole Vedic culture, the one, one uh, natural result of that, of, of living in this culture, is, is not even a matter of following it, it's a matter of, of living in it. And people are living in a culture, they don't think about following a culture. It, it, it's, you just live in a culture, just like people in Slovenia, they don't think about living in Slovenian culture, they probably don't even think that, they're probably not even aware that there is a Slovenian culture. Or, they just, they, you, it's just you live like that because everyone else does so in, in Vedic culture everyone's living that and it, it naturally the one is uh, peaceful and uh, it's, it's conducive for cultivating Krishna consciousness but because because that I guess because that cultural upbringing is so deep and it, it's unless we unless we have great faith in Shastra and in, in what Prabhupada wanted to give us then we'll think that well, we'll the western way of life is better and we'll live that and we'll chant Hare Krishna now some misunderstanding that often comes is that well Prabhupada made adjustments to the western way of life therefore we can adjust everything to the western way of life but it's Prabhupada made those adjustments to uh, as the saying goes, in like a needle and out like a plow. His, it wasn't that he wanted or that he thought it was even favorable to adjust Krishna conscious wholesale to the Western way of life. But he made certain adjustments seeing that it wouldn't be possible for Westerners to immediately take up everything, the whole culture. But quite quickly he introduced many aspects of the, the Vedic culture, the dress, the food, the the, the, the the modes of address, Prabhu, Mataji, he introduced all these things. So, uh, but sometimes devotees they say, well, pra, pra, the, the adjustments that Prabhupada made, that was the standard that Prabhupada wanted to set, and that's where the uh, that's where the that's where the cultural divide that's going on in Iskon is coming, and that not only that was the standard that he wanted to set, but that's that's we should take it further even more. The Prabhupada made these adjustments, we should make more adjustments. But rather we should, uh, we should bring in the Vedic culture which Prabhupada spoke about so much. And what did he speak about the Western way of life? Nasty civilization, cats and dogs. This is what Prabhupada had to say about the Western world. He didn't have a high opinion of it at all. No, uh, let, let me just say a little bit more about that. I made one point, uh, and I, I want to emphasize it because it's a very important point. And it's a... It's a Maybe it's a very revolutionary or, or outspoken thing to say, and it's certainly a very controversial thing to say, but uh, my feeling is, we're supposed to say my feeling is, because, you know, we're not supposed to speak in an absolute manner, because that's the whole liberal ethos that we live in, there's no absolute knowledge. But actually it's a fact, whether I feel it or not, that those who don't... Uh, those who uh, are resistant to introducing this culture in our society, they don't actually have faith in Shastra. They don't have very 
deep faith. Or what they try to do is they say that well we accept the spiritual parts, but we don't accept the we don't have to accept the material parts. We accept Krishna is God, but you know all this about Banashram and different this gender roles things. That's a very big, it's a hot topic, and you know, that's that's material. So that's not absolute, and we can adjust it as we like. Or they think that that uh, because culture there are different cultures in the world, and because their cultures develop, so they can be changed. But not understanding that this Vedic culture is given by Krishna in Shastra, and it's not—it's not this kind of—it's not—it's not meant for wholesale altering. There, there are it may be altered according to time, place, and circumstance, but the principles we should accept for our own good. So, uh, those that don't accept this, they actually haven't accepted Shastra in very deeply, or. or or they're accepting it with with the half chicken philosophy, and we accept the things that we like and that we don't, and therefore they can say things that they can make statements that uh, Krishna consciousness is not dependent on Vedic culture. It means they're thinking that Vedic culture is is it's something optional. They don't understand that Krishna consciousness is non-different from Vedic culture. And it means that they're still attached to this demoniac Western way of life, which I, I can't rely on. I can't understand this at all. I don't know what it is. Maybe they go to India and they see the dirt and the flies, and they think this is this is Vedic culture. Without going, without going deeper, mostly Western devotees when they first go to India, they see the dirt and the flies, and they think, ah, this is terrible. I want to get back to Ljubljana or. Or whatever it is, but when you spend a little time, you can see beyond the dirt and the flies. That's not Vedic culture. We don't find description of of dirty. We find Dwaraka city very cleanly kept. So uh, another thing they often do, our our cultural opponents within ISKCON, is they they always like to show how India is presently degraded, which and how which has got nothing to do with what we're talking. When it's not that we're saying that we should follow the the degraded. Standard that India is now has now got, but we want to to follow the the actual standard that's been set generation after generation. Just like Prabhupada met one uh, one anthropologist from America, he met him in Andhra Pradesh, and he asked him what he was doing in India, and he said, "I'm studying the the tribal people." That's what anthropologists generally do; they study tribal people. Oh, they also studied modern urban people. This, the naked ape, the human zoo. This Desmond Morris wrote these famous books. So, uh, so Prabhupada said, "Why don't you study the advanced people? Why are you studying the tribal? Study the advanced people in India. You can get a benefit. What are you going to benefit from studying the tribal? Actually, the tribal people are more advanced in culturally than the American jungle, the city jungle dwellers. It's a fact, actually." Many of the tribes. I mean, Tejas Prabhu was telling me he was living in the jungle in Andhra Pradesh. He was sent by the by the U, U, Peace Corps, the American Peace Corps. So he was living there for two years, in, with the, and he found they were very, culturally very advanced. They would chant the names of the Lord, and they, 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 the men and women would live separately, and they would only cohabit for producing children. I mean, they're actually and these are tribals. So what to speak of the Brahmins? 
Now the Brahmins have fallen, generally, but they're still there. Are, there are very high-class people. Prabhupada said, "Why don't you study them? You can, you can benefit from studying them." So these are some of the problems. And unless one is very uh, has a very clear understanding of all these shastric points, and it's very easy to be misled. And then there's this whole thing about academic studies, and which yes can be used in Krishna's service, and but. Uh, but the the trouble comes when we ad, when we adopt the whole way of thinking and apply it to our society, and 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 this is uh, it's a major problem in our society at the present time that that we're we're ad- adopting the kami academic way of thinking to our society instead of the shastric way of thinking. We we should see through shastra chakshu. We should see through the eye of Shastra, not through the eye of someone who's blind, the blind scholars. And the blind following the blind, they all fall into the ditch. So uh, these, uh, these things are going on that, uh, that uh, we'll often find that. Uh, discussing social issues in ISKCON, they quote this sociologist and that psychologist. What about quoting Vyasadhi? He's the best sociologist and anthropologist. But they'll think, well, you know, that, that's for the, that applies to the ancient Indian culture and it doesn't apply to modern life. We have to see what the sociologists say because they're in touch with modern life. Vyasadhi was writing for different time and place. But Vyasadeva is Trikalagya. You can see past, present, and future. That's stated in Bhagavatam. Just this section we're going through. That that uh, Vyasadeva, he, he in trance, he saw the whole future of Kali Yuga, and he wrote the Bhagavatam for Kali Yuga. It's not that it was written for fi- only for five thousand years ago in India. It was written for us now. Kalo nashta drishamesha purana dinodita. Persons who have lost their vision due to the dense darkness of the age of Kali will get light from this Bhagavad Purana. But we see that there are statements just like uh, someone wrote in a, a devotee who's in the university wrote and he sent a cultural a, he sent the, he's writing for the congregational magazine in one country saying that well um, of course, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, we we don't have to accept everything that's said. For instance, it's uh, the the point about the the description of the atoms given in the Bhagavatam has been disproven by modern science. But anyway, um, Bhagavatam is very good, and it teaches us to surrender to Krishna. So it's very good. But we don't have to believe it all. But it's good anyway. So. This was the subject of uh, Sahotra Swami write, wrote a whole big essay on the uh, when he saw this it was his disciple actually <laughs> supposed to be he wrote a whole long essay on the the concept of the atom according to modern scientists how the, how they it doesn't it doesn't at all disprove the uh, they, they don't first start they don't even know what an atom is. <laughs> It's it's an it's not they they don't even define an atom because it's non-definable by 
quantum physics, as he shows in his article. Uh, you can see this. Uh, Sir Ultra Swami has this blog, weblog, his daily diary. I don't see it all. He says some of the articles. He tells me which articles are good. Because he says, uh, he wrote, I'm, you know, I write every day, and sometimes it's just my excess mental energy. But some of the, some of the, uh, some of the articles are uh, so it's uh, very, very good. He's 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 uh, very philosophically dissecting all the bogus ideas that are floating around Iskon and the world, which. Of course, according to certain people, there's no bogus ideas because everyone's opinion is as good. Everyone should have their own different opinion. There are different approaches to Krishna consciousness. This is the famous line. There are different approaches to Krishna consciousness and we should respect them all. Unity in diversity. Prabhupada actually said unity in diversity. But the thing is that uh, the diversity doesn't... I mean, there there are parameters also. It's not the unity in diversity of where's the hot dogs, you know. Bring, let's go. Let's go to McDonald's and have some some hamburgers, Big Mac. You know, it's unity in diversity. We're also devotees, but there are parameters. There's there's parameter means within shastra we have to follow. It's in given by our acharyas and according to shastra. So within that there may be diversity, not beyond that. Beyond that is karma, jnana, and yoga, and gross sinful life. Vikarma. So we may say, well, it's if it's all Krishna consciousness, and we're not breaking the principles. But it will ultimately it will lead to fall down. If it, in it is it is in itself a subtle fall down if we don't accept shastra and we don't accept the acharyas and we think we can invent our own way. It's uh, it's just arrogance. In the name of being liberal and accepting everybody, what is this accepting all opinions? That's Ram Krishna's nonsense. Jatomat Tatopat. Prabhupada came to teach us a whole way of life. Yeah, so we should follow that. It's a, it's a simple principle. Mahajano Yenagata Sapanta. To follow the path given by the previous acharyas. But then. What happens after the coming of any great Acharya is that, uh, well, he, he, by his transcendental power, he attracts many followers. And then afterwards, those who are less sincere, they water it down and change it. And look at Christianity. Even Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, shortly after his disappearance, that's recorded by Vrindavan Das Thakur and Chaitanya Bhagavad, how there were so many people uh, misrepresenting, taking advantage. And, so I guess it's inevitable. But we should understand very clearly what is the fact according to Shastra. Study Prabhupada's books. And of course different people will interpret in different ways. Then what to do? Then you have to. Then we come to the process of, uh, of Shastric discussion. And uh, ultimately those who are sincere will... Will different different people will be attracted to different paths or different approaches? Mogasha, Moga Karma, no Moga Gyana Vichetasa, Rakshasema Sarinchaiva, Prakriti Mohini Shitaha. Prabhupada translates this that those who are attracted to demoniac and what's the other word? 
Do we have Bhagavad Gita here in English? Probably not. And atheistic views. For, for, for persons who are attracted by such atheistic and demoniac views, their hopes for liberation, Mokhasha, the Mokhasha, Moga, Karmano, their, their, I can't remember exactly the English term, their hopes for live, their, their endeavors for fruitive, their hopes of fruitive success, their hopes for liberation, it's all spoiled. There's no hope. They're, ultimately, they, by, by having such atheistic and demoniac views, all their hopes are smashed. I'm saying, well, what are you talking about? These, these are devotees. Devotees, yeah, but uh, if we start to introduce all these karmi ideas and, uh, and offensiveness, it comes very quickly. This academic, if, if we're not careful, then very quickly, if we enter this karmi academic way of thinking, then very quickly we'll start to offend the Supreme Lord and His devotees. By all Shastra, Shastra Ninda, the 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 the, the, the Dev doesn't know about the atom. It's been disproved by modern science. So that Shastra Ninda and Vyasa Ninda, very quickly it comes. And then and then uh, we because we we have this uh, Darwinistic anthropological outlook, we think that well. Prabhupada was, he was an old man influenced by the Bengali, Victorian Bengali culture and therefore he brought in all these social norms but he doesn't, you know, now we're, we know now that that's out of date and we're more advanced. And these are things said by supposed to be devotees. They're actually, uh, it's the same thing as the demoniac scholars in, in the, in the, uh, in the university scene. But of course, even to use such words, our liberal friends don't like to use such words as demoniac, karmi, they you shouldn't say that. They don't like even to use such words, which Prabhupada used all the time, which very clearly distinguishes who is a devotee and who is a demon. They want to, they want to merge the identity of devotee and karmi all into one. Because they're living practically like karmis, isn't it? Those who are, those who are promoting these things, they're living like kar- and and little bit. The, the Krishna consciousness becomes our religion, my religion, just like the average person, the normal person, as they say. Although I don't think they're normal. I think they're all crazy. But but a normal person, they have a job and a house and a family of sorts and a, and a cat and a dog and a bajrigar and a, there you go there's a dog and uh, he's got the shoe happy dog so uh, and they have the, the what, is, what do we get to the bajrigar and they have their, their, their football team they support and and they also go to church on Sunday, sometimes you see, we have our religion also so like that, uh, we we are devotees. We have our job, and we have our our, our wife, and maybe the second or third. But anyway, it's a wife. And uh, what a strong smell! Huh? Dog has a strong smell. So we so we have our uh, you know we have our wife and our children and our home and uh, and our. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, yeah, our dog and our TV and uh, and our um, football team and our religion. Every Sunday we chant Hare Krishna and that's our religion. So and and then and the normal people will accept us more. Yes, they will. 
They'll accept you as one of them. That's what you want to be, not me. Krishna consciousness is different. It is different. We don't want to. We don't want to be part of that. Why are we dressing like this? Because we, we, one reason is we want to show we are different. We don't know. This means we accept that Krishna consciousness is a better way of life than your life. This is what it means that when we wear this. That's why some devotees may be afraid to wear it. It's a statement that we we reject your society. We reject everything it stands for. That's why it is important. It affects our consciousness. How we dress. This is a symbol that we 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 accept a different culture, different way of life. So uh, it is important. What were you going to say? You had some question, and I, I hmm? yeah, it's all connected. Yeah. Management or you know, in our day-to-day activities also sometimes we commit mistakes, and uh, but there is no, um, there is no that. Uh, What's not institutionalized? Uh, the responsibility of uh, leaders, someone who commits mistakes, like for example, we have this, this very sad, very bad example of this children which were molested in the yeah. now everybody has to pay now all world has to pay for someone's mistakes and mm. some leaders knew for that for example mm. but nothing was done in time so this Monday sentiment is there that sometimes like for example uh, if you see some other institutions like religious groups like for for example this Jehovah's Witnesses they have like every year expelling from their society I don't know how many you know members those who are not you know fitting who are not following the <laughs> certain thing so and and in, in our society there is a in the, in the name of you know compassion and you know there is sentiment some sentiment is there yeah. everybody can do any nonsense thing and nobody's responsible you know, yeah you it's know. a problem it's a problem yeah in the kami world who is that uh, someone was just pointing out that the the head of the bank of ireland was found out um, that he was watching adult he was going to adult internet sites, means porno, I presume, at work. It was found out. And it wasn't against, it, it wasn't illegal to do so, but it was against the company rules. So he was actually, they said he's like a very competent chief executive officer, very, very competent, doing a very good job, but he resigned. Because he, he he felt that it was his moral responsibility to do so, he could have made a case, and you know he could have stayed on, but he resigned. So that doesn't happen in our society. If it did, I don't know. We don't have that many leaders. Maybe maybe because people of leadership capacity, when they see this, then they don't become attracted to join. Maybe that's one reason. We don't have leaders because they're not responsible. There, there's no accountability, actually. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough. I, I can't change the whole, the whole uh, ethos, but it, it is a, it is a problem that then generally people don't take the leaders don't take responsibility.
for mistakes. I mean, serious mistakes. There should be something. I mean, at least they should. You'd think someone would step down at least for some time. It's a tough one. The only thing we can do is, I think, in the present time, is um, well, we should try to rectify situations. But as as you know and I know, it's often very difficult to rectify even glaring faults. It's very difficult because I don't know why, but it is. And usually, someone who points out something wrong, they become themselves accused of Vaishnava Parad and this and that. So uh, I guess under the sun, my general outlook is that uh, I try to set a good example and associate with devotees who are sincere and honest, and I point out some of the some of the most glaring faults and uh, write books in which the, the, the proper standard is established. It's it's a difficult path in as much as, you know, if, if you're speaking up and saying this is right and that is wrong, even if it's according to Shastra, then people will be watching for any small fault and they'll amplify it. Whereas if you say that, well, you know, everything's okay, everyone can do whatever they like, and then you can also do whatever you like and no one will care. So, it, it, if we just say that everything's okay and everyone can do what they like, it's not actually conducive for spiritual advancement. It doesn't create an atmosphere of spiritual advancement. It's, it's possibly a pushing movement where everyone's pushing each other up and with standards that we have to come up to. But if we say everything's okay, then there's no standards. And then there's no advancement. And then it just becomes another mundane religion. <laughs> so it is, it's, it's a difficult path to... to in Iskon at the present time to attend to strictly follow what Prabhupada said is, is as one Tamil president said to me it's uh, it's not considered nowadays if you strictly follow Prabhupada it's considered unusual and wrong in Iskon this is one of my godbrothers who's a town president said to me about two years ago it's a very strange situation but uh, that's it it's a, it's a difficult path when we have to it's like this, the razor's edge. But it's the only path. Because if we, if we just merge into I'm okay, you're okay, then we, we're not going anywhere. We have to take the risk to be Krishna conscious. And I also feel, especially as a as a sannyasi in Prabhupada's movement, that it's it's my duty to try to set things right as as much as possible. And it's not easy, and you know, accused of being arrogant and so many things. But I mean, it's, it's just a matter of pointing out this is what Prabhupada gave, and this is what we have now. Are the two things the same? If not, then we should rectify it. But to point out such things generally is not appreciated. 
nowadays but I'm not going for the general appreciation I want to get Prabhupada's appreciation I pray that he may be satisfied difficult times no doubt but like that keep good association and stick to the proper standards and we do whatever else anyone may do or say then we can't go wrong if we do that we'll get the mercy of the Acharyas we may not be popular but we'll get the mercy of the Acharyas In Slovenia we don't have a Krishna conscious school for our children. What is your opinion on sending our children to state schools? Well, the best thing is to have a school for children. Again, it all comes with the whole community, living on the land. It's a whole package. Which proper, it solves all the problems. We have to accept a little problem of living in a muddy atmosphere, not having money for buying ice cream and things like that. So there are some, there are some difficulties, but... And it is a difficulty to set it up seeing as we don't have experience, but just this setting up the community, then everything comes. Of course, the demoniac government, they may not like, they may not allow you to have your own Krishna conscious school. That's, that may also be there. Um, in the present situation, we don't have a school for our children. Well, we can start one, at least a Sunday school. Is that there? You have Sunday school for children? You have that? Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be too long in the future. Soon. <laughs> Yeah, okay. That's next month. Okay. All right. And uh, the, the, the next best alternative is homeschooling. Not allowed. Uh. So what is, then you have no choice. There is some gurus propagate this Baldor for other private But it's the same thing. It's just, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a different kind of slaughterhouse. That's it's all. Even more, it's even more program and much they give a better material education that means it's like it's it's a more intense slaughterhouse yeah you get personal care from the people who are very kindly helping them to go to hell yeah the butcher fattens the first he makes them fat and then he cuts their throat so he's looking after them very nicely Hmm? The walls are nice. <laughs> the walls. And you have to pay money for it too, right? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Probably is. It may be less intensely degraded. But... Uh, but the village school is usually only for the small children and then the big children have to go to the town is it but in the village where once they where once they get to teenage then everywhere there'll, there'll be drugs and sex and everything pretty tough very sad situation if you don't have that that's why it's required to how to remain or become enthusiastic in the Sankirtan mission there are many how to questions how to be humble how to be determined, how to this, how to that. Um, one generic reply to all these questions is to associate with devotees who have those qualities. Sangat Sanjayate Kamaha. One's desires form according to one's association.
So you associate with devotees who are enthusiastic and automatically by their association you will become enthusiastic and you see what they are doing and you do it. It is said that Krishna forgives all aparads such as Nam aparad, Sevar aparad but if we do Vaishnava aparad Krishna never forgives. No, he does forgive. But if the Vaishnava releases us then Krishna also releases us if the Vaishnava release if the Vaishnava forgives then Krishna also forgives it's not that Krishna goes on not forgiving after the but first he wants that the Vaishnava shall release us if we were in association with a person who was doing aparads what must we do now that would help us minimize the reactions is asking forgiveness enough what is the best way to behave and is there a possibility to progress further in our spiritual life? Uh, well, to overcome Vaishnava Parad, yes, if we've specifically offended anyone, we should personally ask their forgiveness and uh, try to serve them. And if it's general, if we've in general been offending Vaishnavas, then we should instead have the habit of have the habit of praising them. And that's very important also, like now I'm talking, I've just been talking about how there are devotees who are becoming involved in different ways of thinking and we may, we have to be careful also because after all these, they are devotees and although they may be imbibing values from the demoniac society, if we have a wholly critical attitude then that may be harmful for our own spiritual life. So. It, it's a fine line between discriminating and offending. We have to be very careful. I've seen devotees, and I've been warned about this myself also, that uh, devotees who are critical of others, even with valid criticisms, they've fallen down due to the developing an overly critical mentality. So it's important to uh, not develop a, an overly critical mentality um, uh, uh, while maintaining firm discrimination at the same time and associate with and praise those devotees who who uh, we find inspiration from and we're, uh, it's a very bad situation we don't find inspiration in any devotees then then we're then we're in trouble so uh, I guess I should uh, administer some of this medicine to myself I just uh, Appreciating Lokanath Maharaj was here and his non enthusiasm for non stop speaking about Krishna and chanting the names of Krishna and uh, he's he's taken time off in the last few years for, for deep study and studying Sanskrit and he's obviously become very deep, deep realizations of Shastra. When he's speaking it's not just something that came out of a book, but he also has Insights that have been revealed to him within the heart. So that's very that's very wonderful, isn't it? And he's traveling all over the world and uh, inspiring people like that, and inspiring devotees in Krishna consciousness. I was just in um, Lithuania and uh, uh, Niranjan Maharaj. His his kirtans are so wonderful. Not not uh, you see kirtans can be very wonderful, there's a lot of energy put into them they're very musically wonderful but it's something to, really wonderful kirtans they come not 
just because we have a lot of energy and we want to let it out. But it, it, kirtan doesn't actually take place in the tongue or the throat. Kirtan begins here. The real kirtan is coming from the heart. The real glorification, it's glorification of Krishna. And actually ecstatic kirtan means that which is which is uh, from devotees who actually have fixed in their heart that attitude of wanting to please Krishna. So I, I always, uh, well always means once a year, practically I'm in the association of Niranjan Maharaj at that Lithuania festival and his, his kirtans are always very, very inspiring because they, they are coming from a, a purified heart. And his his preaching is it's, he's always glorifying pure devotional service. He's always speaking about pure devotion, free from material desires. So like this, always emphasizing the the ideal, which his heart is obviously his 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 heart and his intelligence is captured by this ideal of this wonderful ideal of pure devotional service to Krishna without any personal desire. So like that. We can it's it's glorify Vaishnavas. It's a very purifying process. And we and we don't have to glorify only it's like you, you look up at the big big gurus you you can find also there's so many find Everyone who is serving Krishna, that is praiseworthy. We have here, uh, I want to speak more about that on Sunday, but I can say now also that it's very, very wonderful that uh, this uh, whole ISKCON in Slovenia was in a very confused condition just a short time ago, but uh, there are various factors of why it's becoming very steady and normal according to real Krishna conscious standards now, but we have to especially uh, note the contribution of Ananta and Lalit Govinda Prabhus who in the difficult situation, they, they moved into the temple and they Gradually, by patience, very patiently, they went on with their Krishna consciousness, and gradually the whole situation is becoming very favorable again. So that's something very wonderful, which I think all the devotees are appreciating. Ananta also, of course, he could have gone on with a career and not taken on all this trouble. He could have just he had his university degree and he. But he stepped into the troubled situation and took up that difficulty and by his gradual uh, service, by, by his gradually, with a very sadvik and with a very much service-oriented mood, co cooperating very nicely. Of course, Ananda is very young, both as a devotee and as a person. He doesn't have much experience in the world at all. But Nali Govinda is a very experienced so the combination of both of them is very good combination and we can see how things that Krishna consciousness goes forward on the basis of Krishna consciousness 
It's, 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 we can make different management schemes and I remember back in the 80s there was this kind this scheme of vertical management and horizontal management and you know just you know, what, some kami management scheme that then you, know, you have to have a university degree to understand it all but but uh, ultimately everything works if there's Krishna consciousness and even if the management isn't very professional everything goes on very nicely if people are Krishna I'm not saying that if we're Krishna conscious I'm not saying that we shouldn't have system we should try to manage in it as best a manner as possible but I've seen just like Tribhuvanath Prabhu who's very greatly loved devotee passed away just what two years ago so I mean he didn't have any management schemes he he, he joined when he, I think he was 14 years old he was an orphan from Dublin and he didn't have any education or anything and he was just he was literally a street boy he came off he was living on the streets and he came over to London and he as soon as he saw the devotees, he wanted to join. I mean, he's just a, he's completely a devotee, from, definitely from a last life. And they didn't let him in the beginning. They, he had to sleep out. He so he just slept out uh, on on the on outside the temple, on the street. And so then then they, oh. <laughs> they let him in. And within within about two weeks or something, he was actually managing the temple. <laughs> He didn't have the post of temple president, but he was, you know, he was doing so many services and organizing, and not by, you know, okay, you know, you do this, but he would, but just he was so enthusiastic to serve, and then the, the, the responsibilities naturally fell onto him, and he, he took it up in a, in, in a manner, in such a pleasing manner that everyone was very happy to cooperate with him, and... Uh, and, and no one could say no to him because he was so charming. Maybe in, maybe in about one month or two, two months. Actually, managing the temple in those days was very easy because there was the morning program, the evening program, and midday prasad. And the rest of the time, everyone was out chanting Hare Krishna in the streets. That was the program. And then once a week, they'd, they'd go to the and pick up all the vegetables from the market. And they didn't have any money, so there's no money to fight over or manage. And uh, that was it. So his management was, you know, getting everyone to clean up the temple and uh, get prasad and served, and then out on the street. They'd go up, the, the Berry Place temples were on, at one end of Oxford Street, so they'd chant up to the other end, which is, how long is Oxford Street? About two miles or something? Up to one end, and then they'd cross the street and come back the other end. And then they'd come for midday prasad, and then they'd go out again, up one side and back the other side. Then they'd come back for evening, for the evening arati and class, and then, <laughs> and then up the next morning, and that was it. And on Sunday they'd have a feast, and that was it. So uh, then he would be here. He organized his festivals program, and I mean it was uh, he was actually very organized, but not in a not in what you'd call a professional way. But just, it all came from his character. We can't imitate that, of course. That's why we have to have management systems, because he, he was a charismatic leader. No, but in the, in the best of ways. When we say charismatic leader, we usually think of someone who's putting on a show to exploit people. But he was actually, by his, by his just tremendous Krishna consciousness, he, he carried everyone along. And he mostly, the devotee, I mean, they wouldn't be very happy if I said this, but mostly he, he attracted all the kind of 
you know, kind of wild and wonderful kind of devotees to come and serve him. Not that he didn't think of serve him, but to help him in his service. You know, all all the really all the ones that no one else could engage, <laughs> and he he engaged them all. You know, so all the difficult types or the the wild types and like that. So. So we can't imitate that, but that's just to demonstrate the point that that the, 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 the real leadership comes from Krishna.